Hi guys, welcome back to season three, episode twenty-seven, a Melon Girl Prom Podcast. I can't believe we're already on episode twenty-seven. Only three more episodes to go to episode thirty, and then we're done for season three. But let's get started right into the podcast. Today I'm gonna be talking about da-da-da-da, next high topic. Female representation in video games. And slightly it isn't getting any better. Um, I'm sure you all are normally aware of the E3 Expo of, that always happens every year. But I want to bring bring your attention back to the video game industry who all gather in Los Angeles for uh, the Electronic Entertainment Expo 2015. Many felt like it was a change there. It was the first E3 since Gamergate had became a household term. So the in- industry insider and observers watched the annual event close to see how the heated conflict over the place a woman occupied in gaming culture will be reflected in video games and that power like sony and microsoft brought to the show and if you've done your online search e3 2015 women's today what you'll find is many did feel that year expo represented a kind of turning point new stories celebrated women's taking on stronger roles in video games and herald the rise of women gamers microsoft's press conference that year featured a game called Recore, starring a woman named Joel, who explored a desolate world accompanied by a trio of mechanic companions. The spiral at Sorfar Emily Keldwin appeared as a playable character in the self-action sequel Dishonored 2. EA also revealed women's teams would finally be able to be playable in the next entry of the Animal FIFA soccer series. Sony showed off Alloy, the formidable hunter star of Horizon Zero Dawn. She will also be getting a second game in this coming 2021 or, or beginning of 2022. And then the gang leader, Evie Fry, shared a top billing with her twin brother, Jacob, and Assassin's Creed Syndicate. And then I feel like as many feminists who want to see a handful of high-profile female heroes actually represented a strategically insight shift, or for those who were starved for more better reputation, we're just seeing what we wanted to see. So, many people were in the numbers and they're looking at every game featured at every major EA press conference for that year. They found that out of the 76 game features, only partially seven of them were under female hero, less than 10%. Meanwhile, more than three as many games, over 30% totals, were male centered heroes. Of course, game development takes time, and most games revealed at E3 2015 have been developed for years or two at least, and have certainly been worked prior to the explosion of Gear and Gates. And one can't expect the industry of masses as video games to turn on, on a dime. So we kept on watching, doing analysis on the game presented at E3 to see if things would change. Now having crunched the numbers for the fifth E3, you can say it, they haven't. The year the number of games that centered around women came in about just 5% from a low point of just 3%, which is basically two games in 2016, and then the 9% in 2015. And E3 2019 wasn't quite what E3 was in 2015. The show relevance is slowly warning its studio and developers rely big on annual press conferences and more on Twitch streams or in internationally producing YouTube videos to reach fans. Significantly, Sony took a pass on the stage event that it made a huge splash just a few weeks ago at a gameplay reveal for the PlayStation exclusive Death Stranding. Nonetheless, E3 remained the single biggest gaming company event of the year. And more of that in this hindsight, and as the years keep going, you will start to see more and more female characters. Like I said, Horizon Heroes On has another game coming up. 
Last of Us 2, you have Ellie. And with other games, like in Detroit Big Human, you had female characters and you also had male characters. Along with other games like um, Final Fantasy and Tomb Raiders and Bayonetta. Bayonetta was also a very strong female character. Um, Laura Croft and then Smash Bros. and so forth and so forth. But you have all these events when E3 happens held by Microsoft, Nintendo, Ubisoft, Square Enix, EA, and the annual PC gaming show. So partially six centers, loosely six female protagonists, well, almost five times as many 28-centered male characters. When you consider the place role-playing games in which you control a party of heroes or multiple option categories, there are a number, even more dire, since a significant number of these games include Final Fantasy VII Remake, Final Fantasy VIII, Dragon Quest XI, The Last Remnants, Remastered, and other clearly male-centered video games. It's true that the numbers of games in which you either control characters of different genders, like in uh, Persona Three, we had a male character and a female character, but in Persona Four, you only had a male character. Persona Five, you only had a male character, but you had added a new female character as a dating option, and then you Persona Strikers. I feel like when you either control characters of different genders or get to choose the gender of your hero character, significantly outdrip those with established male or female protagonists, and of course, a general trend: the freedom to choose or create your own character is a welcoming one. Like, I will say in Code Vein, you could choose a male or a female character, and I guess the role route wouldn't change any differently. But in Persona 3, it shows a male or a female. The routes and other options did change differently based on the character's general role. Um, however, it's finally different from being asked by a game to take on the role and experience of a civic character. A male player is more comfortable with experience than a male can, and will simply play as men in games of that offer him the choice. On the other hand, every player who comes to a game such as Wolfstein, Youngblood, must step into the shoes of a female character in order to play. It's also essential to know that the raw numbers have said nothing whosoever about the quality of this representation. The mere fact that Youngblood's protagonists are women is no guarantee whatsoever that the representation will be a good one. Games can only and often do center women while reinforcing harmful stereotypes or turning those women into sexual fantasies for the benefit of straight male players. Still, we can hope. More and better representation of women remains an essential part of change. We hope to see in video game industries we can't focus entirely on the game themselves. It's also crucial to look at the actual human beings who represent the industry. There are also many females in the video game industry who also work on these types of games. This year, across the event was surveyed, women made up a mere 21% of speakers and presenters. That's not great, but it's also worth knowing that the ratio essentially wasn't bad at some events. Of the 15 speakers at Square Enix event, only two were women, and only two of the 17 speakers at the Beauty Press Conference were women. Finally, a note of the combat and violence in game. During Ubisoft's presentation of a trailer for the upcoming day, Tom Clayson Ghost Recon Breakpoint, Featured actor John Brutal uttered the line, The only test of a man's worth is battle. Not only displaying what seems to be a widespread perception among both players and game designer, this year of the 126 games we served 107 featured combat of some form as gameplay mechanics, while only 19 games, or about 50%, did not. Of course, not all combat is the same. The endearing sword swinging of Link and Nintendo adorably comes up with uh, upcoming remake of The Legend of Zelda. Link Awakening is a far cry from the girlsy drama slaying of Doom Eternal. However, we believe that the remnants of a vast range of explored potential for games as a medium continues to advocate for a 
greater percentage of games that explore the possibility of non-violent gameplay mechanics. It would be easier to dishearten the lack of significant uh, statistical change we've seen over the five years of collecting data over the years for video game characters, both male and female, but we choose simply to take that indication that there's still work to be done. Our belief in the vast potential of games as a medium remained as strong as it ever did, as of the appreciation for all women and other marginalized people who love games and continue to fight for a better, more diverse and inclusive industry. And it's only has to get better if we take time to fight. I feel like when you may consider another complication or path extension of the sexualization of females in the formula, I feel like not every game portrays characters with an observable gender, nor in every game character is human. Though there may be humanoid in nature, one example of the game that portrays humanoid characters is Concord Reload, where characters are squirrels playing the role of soldiers. On the cover of the game was a male squirrel straddling a large smoking cannon, holding an additional weapon clearly indicating as an active role, while the female squirrel is showing stroking the cannon in a suggestive way, although she's holding a bloody weapon. Her fighting role was minimized relatively to that of a sexy supporting cheerleader. The observation is clearly particularly important to note. Perhaps one of the most bizarre aspects of this cover is, and others like it, is that the notion of a sexy squirrel and the blatant hypersexuality of female characters was so prevalent that it even spread to small rodents. And even games like um, Live Hot Chainsaw, where the protagonist is a female, but she's a cheerleader, a tight cheerleading outfit, and I'm just going to leave enough that so you can your imagination can think of the rest of that whole game if you played it before. But um, you think representation in the video game, especially female, will just get a little bit better. But we still have a long way to go. I feel like with The Last of Us, Bayonetta, Laura Croft, and the strong female protagonists, it should get better. But how long will video games inadvertently become sexist by designers and game makers? We Take a closer look at the design and representation of female characters in video games and ask if they're fine behind in the real world in terms of gender equality. Many would argue that, that for too long, the gaming world has been male-dominated, filled with guns, battles, fast cars, and macho characters. While the female characters have been designed as visuals of male fantasy, as sweet, simpering sidekicks, or a dandel in distress, should they exist at all. But as the real world fights for better gender equality and ended sexism, is the gaming world falling behind? The representation in women in video games has long been a topic for debate. Um, testimonies from um, people from the exhibit at the Victoria and Albert Mac Museum, which will soon move up to the museum in Dupree counterpart, is currently shining a spotlight on the issue. Over the past two years, more than 4% of all game players in Great Britain have been reported to be women across all platforms combining, including consoles, online, and mobile apps. According to the research commissioned by the Interactive Software Federation of Europe, female gamers make are slowly making their mark on the industry with 20% of game makers from around the world identifying as female. According to the survey by the International Game Development Association conducted in 2015, the demographic change a shift does seem to be happening, but it's happening fast enough video games themselves. Then you have a tons of stereotypes and cliche. The way female characters are designed depicted are often men sexualized and degraded and drawn with exaggerated figures and minimal clothing are falling victim to the harassment and violation in games such as Grand Theft Auto V. Even non-human characters are often hit with the girly stereotype. A recent redesign of Sheila, a female kangaroo in the new Spyro Reignite trilogy game, gives the character 
a nip in waist, glamorous eyelash, and a new hairdo. This went on to spark a social media backlash with critics questioning why a cartoon character needs to look sexy. But the look of Tomb Raider's Laura Croft, a fictional female character, has been criticized extensively in the past for her skin-clad demeanor has started to evolve into more a body positivity way. Designed in the 1990s with unrealistic proportions, modern iteration of the character are probably beginning to be more representative of a real human with the BCC pointed out that the hot pants have gone and her breasts have shrunk and honestly the new look of Laura Croft looks a lot better than her 90s kind of work I will say that um then you have to think about the leading roles a number of female protagonists in games still lag behind the abundance of male ones many children late 1990s play Pokemon red blue and yellow on game but color with gameplay centered around a male avatar now a remake of the Pokemon uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu had launched out of the Switch, sparked a wave of nostalgia, bringing shiny new graphics to the same storyline, offered play the option to play as a girl character. Playable female characters are often available in other remakes of Pokemon games, including Pokemon Leaf Green and Fire Red. Some skeptics would say that things are improving and strong women characters do exist. One example is a survivor called Ellie in the popular game The Last of Us, who was a secondary character to her brother in the original game, would be playable character of the upcoming sequel. The sequel that has been out for I think a year or two. I think a year or two. I think uh, Last of Us Two. Independent games often more examples such as the mother and daughter protagonists in Mount Valley Two, a game designed by us by us too, which explores the dual relationship as they travel through beautiful yet precocious marriage on the journey together. Normally, you ask designers and others in the game world what their thoughts about the representation of women in video games, where they feel it's underlying sexism in the animated field, or whether or not they think that this is changing. Um, we, one, addressing issues about sexism and sexuality in women in games. It's important to remember that AAA games, blockbusters, mass market games by major publishers like Call of Duty, or Grand Theft Auto, often referenced in these conversations are actually the games out there nor should they represent the industry as a whole. The vast body of work, mostly by independent creators that do include positive, complex, interesting depiction of women, games by the players, by developers and designers such as Christian Love, Leigh Schaltenberg, Baya Khan, Jenny Jo Hisha, for example. For people who are interested in supporting work by and about women that do not adhere to sexist stereotypes, then I recommend looking at the games by those particular creators. I do think video game culture has earned its reputation of having poor representation of women, but it's because of the deeper cultural issues that plague all art. Video game as a medium aren't inherently sexist, it's the creators and culture they function in that are the problem. Sexism needs to be addressed at a deeper level in our society and culturally because we can see more positive reputation of all minorities and women overall. One good way to promote this sort of cultural change is to support a single signal boost work by women and minorities. It's easier to support small creators who are doing progressive work to be forgotten in the light of whatever new splash the big AAA games are making. So supporting their work is imperative if video games want to become a better and more inclusive space. So if you need to hear those names again to support these video game developers, the names are Christina Love, Leah Skaltrum, for I think that's a German last name, um, if I'm pronouncing that right, Baya Khan, Jenny Hoy, Hisha are the names of the creators and female creators who want to make a better reputation and get rid of those sexist stereotypes. And by supporting these creators, we can make hopefully a better more reputation for more females represented in video games. I think um, overall, 
for an apparently modern industry, most of gaming puts women and men into a long traditional role. A powerful hunter-gatherer man, a scantily class, doe-eyed, sexy woman, is part of the regenerative projection of gender that is afflicting the music industry at the moment, too. Does it matter? Yes, it does. If we perplex distorts stereotypes through the entertainment as a fundamental impact on progress in the real world, especially on young people, aspiration, and self-esteem. Change is complicated by the fundamental difference between motivation for play and women to look to complete, design and create a new world, men to destroy and compete. So when a survival game has a strong female character, she still operates in a male gaming world. One of the team members who designed video games, um, just three of his fellow students were female, only whom only entered one end of the industry. Clearly, the industry is aware of the need to for progression in all respects to make it a more a commercial sense, diminishing the impact of gender in game for men and women alike is a good step. And some gamers for kids are taking this aboard. Fortnite doesn't allow gender selection, for example. Also, there's no doubt that women in the industry would leave more realistic depiction of both sexes in products. Um, growing up in the 90s, like specifically 1996, it was the norm to have a single option to play as a super viral male character. Game designs were marketed by males for males, so female characters often look or took on the form of the core audience fantasy. Today, there's a much larger female gaming community, one that equips it to grow further as well as stronger presence of female game makers. With that in mind, we start to see a shift, a subtle one, but a shift nonetheless, in how female characters are represented. Red Dead Redemption 2 Sadie Adler, for example, is a total badass that brings a breath of fresh air in the game with her wits and independence. And that being said, there is still a long way to go. When it comes to fair female representation and inclusion in a classic case of design being the problem but also the solution, with the evolutionizing market demographic and technology opening up the door to be more detailed design, now feels like the time for games makers to think more deeply about what they want to represent and express what each character to bring before they bring them to life. And I feel like there's a lack of diversity in games, especially female leads, and have been since the start of making games and playing them as a kid. There are a few examples of Simmer's Ira and Metroid, later Faith in Mirror Edge. I love that game, by the way. And today, Ally from Hero Zero Dawn and Sunway and Handblades are my favorite. Um, still, you can count these on both hands compared to male characters. The gap is huge. There are a few LGBTQ characters in games, too. Our house and indie games are usually more diverse, investigating subjects like sexism. One cool example is Nikki Homo, where the player wears a pink wig, high heel shoes with embroidered centers, and responds to the sexist comments by moving controllers. It is getting better in both games and at the students making them. Sex and violence are part of life and the stories that people share and interact with. But tacky sexist scenes just make me lose interest and respect for the developer. Diversity is about quality. I feel no difference as a gamer playing muscular man Kratos in The God of War or my custom old wise female character in Bloodborne. But you feel like you, when you play a game to relax, get into a story world and feel a flow of movement and slashing a monster because everything is so well designed. You gotta think as a game developer, diversity and inclusion is always at its core, and the work will never end if you want to keep a quality in our industry. That goes along with having a good representation of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender characters and queer characters in game. But you also have to think, what do you think about representation of women in video games? Because you feel like you think it's 2021, you think people have come so far with their representation, but that is not the case. We still have a lot to do, especially if you want to. 
for women to be portrayed right and not always be the dandelion in the stress. Because you know how many times I'm tired of seeing the dandelion in the stress character? I'm looking at you, Prince Persia, just that one time, but you fixed it, kind of. But also other games, too, like maybe like Dead by Daylight. Um, there was a time in Walking Dead where you, you did control the male character, but also the female characters. Um, I think overall, when you're thinking about appropriate um, reputation in video games, when it's a heavy male dominant sport, but you do have a lot of strong female characters. You have Laura Croft, you have Lightning, Fall Fancy. Um, you do have a lot of female characters, but like at what cost? You're putting them in hyper-sexualization of clothing, roles, mechanics, and it needs to be fixed. I think in often games do offer the female characters play, but women feel alienated at how the characters portray female as damsel in distress or bikini bathe while the male characters in games still dominate the central uh, position. Women are still excluded from today's mainstream game because of the current gameplay limits their option to customize the female characters in non-gender, non-demeaning ways. In many popular hardcore games, there's only one choice of the player character and most of the game that main character is male again because video games are seen as male dominant when there are choices between playing a female or male character the customization options are very few for the female characters and some women gamers have tended to surpass the problem by creating their own skins to go over the male mesh in other words they make their own female graphs to go over the basic male body frame for the character to do this is a complicated skill that requires the career to know a good amount of about the art of 3d graphic and the reputation constructed to send the game that are making the skins for or the tools used to modify and add the new content in the games. But even after all the work of trying to gender balance a character game-wise, the newly created female character still looks a bit bulky and masked because of the male match underneath. In games, they do offer female characters to play, but, you know, save for the characteristics. Then the plethora of the game have been spiced up to add the addition of proportion, barely dressed, female bodies, some of the active characters often as decorations and then many is a big turnoff for many female players um for example uh in mass multiplayer online role-playing games or mmorpg world of world club clearly shows how gaming is certainly not gender neutral the choice of making a character are extremely limited for those who try to create a female character she has only been around five choices for what her face hair and accessories such as piercings etc look like or only one choice of body type. When it comes to choice for a wardrobe, there is more flexibility, but there is a catch. The higher up your level your female character is, the skimpier the armor becomes. A starter female character gets one set of body covering, generic looking armor, but as the character rises up, the armor availability and the armor best suited for the character alive gets smaller and sexier, giving the player no choice but to don the look of a sexy goddess or die in combat. While the male characters are forced to wear girlified and sexified version of the armor that shows off clearly more skin than the male counterpart, but they also have hypersexualization and unrealistic body types that cannot be altered by the female player, while the male character are simply muscular and not seen as sexual objects by the player. This lack of representation of women in video games makes it hard for female gamers to make their presence known online and in the gaming world. I feel like Women are often excluded from the box of arts on video game, which is the case for most mainstream video games, shows a 
centralized male and marginalized sexualized females just because of the betrayal is what sells the most game do. Again, the expectation of the game role, despite female characters being able to fight like male characters, they are hypersexualized, seen as sex objects in many cases. In games, most central characters are either playable or NPCs who are non-playable characters are males that are reflected on the bot art as well. Both playable and NPC female characters are underrepresented unrepresentative in games holding or holding the role of games for females for the male characters to save and the hypersexualization bad girl even dominant female characters are sexualized um which are kind of sad but you have to ask the question is why are these depictions on the game bot did show women of them were sexualized the question is why are these depictions so prevalent um you know the most likely if they did get entered by the publisher, received by the audience, and if the sexualization and the moralization of the woman on the box are improved sales, they will emphasize these portrayals. So it's kind of sad. When female characters are shown as sexualized and non-central, it decreases by a factor of 0.3. When shown as central, no matter what the sexualization is, because of the fact that they persist, they're all single to code a game as masculine, something that the audience expects and values in games. Because video games are seen as the male dominant, it's more conventional to hold a view of gamers. The asking the female characters help preserve this view and, and deter the invasion of space by girl players. The... Per- Producers are pressured to keep these portrayals up to appease the audience to hold their view. In a similar study done by Christopher Neer, it's also found that the moralization along with female effects sales shown that not only does sex sell, but gender expectation and gender coding as well. Box art showing central females decrease sale to a factor of 0.53, while art showing male increases sale by a factor of 3.1. Again, this shows how strong the culture and social norms are ex- expectation when it comes to video games, but I feel like with more female-centric gamers and critics coming out, I think we can change those notions and those sales by making sure that all the games have a very accurate female representation in them. And not only that, but like changing the way the females, whether it be a fighting game, action, RPG, depending on the genre of the game, that females are just given the same equality as their male counterpart are not are just done as better and not always being the stereotypical damsel in the stress or the sidekick because for the record I think female characters can sell a lot more games if you just give them a very positive story outline and a better backstory to go with and not always being the sidekick in the background to their male counterparts but give them more a dominant role as well as you do as male characters but it's gonna take time but also the game industry wants to continue marketing this but you also have to realize that their audience is changing not just about adolescent males also about adolescent females and adults as well i will guarantee most female gamers will gravitate towards a strong female character than they will a male yes you give us the option to be a female or a male but nine out of ten you will play as female but if we're giving a choice to play as a male we'll play as a male but also you learn in the gaming community not to gatekeep because i know in most gaming industry Half the team is either split between male and female, or altogether, there might be a, an all female gaming industry, which I wouldn't be, be surprised in some of the indie games. There probably are some of those going around, which I am very happy to see because there is a game based on the popular game series Life is Strange. They are producing another game with another strong female protagonist um, with interesting powers. So definitely keep a lookout for that. But I will wrap up this podcast session. Uh, season three, episode twenty-seven of gender reputation in video games. Hopefully, you enjoyed my little talk on that. Comment down below in the comment section of what you think about um 
women's roles represented in video games. Let me know who your favorite strong female women protagonists are in video games. And I hope you have a nice day and a well one night. And I'll see you soon. Until then, bye.